The long grass waved against the bare skin of her legs, below her skirt line. I feel. I almost feel alive again. Of course, she never would be, not in the way she once was. And why should she, when miles away frightful battles were raging, men were dying, ordinary people's lives and homes were being destroyed? A great black cloud was rolling towards them, engulfing everything in its path, bringing death and chaos. Coming over the brow of the hill, she saw the house, ancient and beautiful, sitting just below her. The sight comforted her. It was home, an enduring shelter, a place of safety. It would surely continue to exist as it had for centuries. In the garden there was a flash of movement, and the children appeared briefly, two small dots with bright red jumpers and bare legs, before vanishing behind the house. Where were they going? To the paddock? Into the woods? How wonderful to be so carefree. Then she saw him, Bertie Potter, his cap pushed back on his head, cycling along the lane towards the house. Tommy stopped with a gasp, and her skin turned cold. For a moment she stood staring, watching the little figure getting closer and closer to the old manor. She started walking quickly now, oblivious to her robin, marching out through the long grass. Her heart was pounding, and her face pale, but she strode on, calling to the dogs when they lingered, watching Bertie reach the house, drop his bicycle on the lawn in front, before running around the side to the kitchen door. She couldn't see him now, but she could imagine him rapping on the old door, opening it to shout across the scullery to the kitchen. Out would come Ada wiping her hands on her apron to take his little envelope in her hand. Tommy knew what it was, and who it was for. She'd been waiting for this moment for weeks, though she hadn't realised it. He's dead. They're going to tell me that he's dead. It seemed to take hours to reach the lane, but it was only about ten minutes. In that time, Bertie had gone. Ada had summoned the others. Tommy walked into the kitchen, the dogs at her heels, to see them waiting for her. Her mother was there, her expression grave, and behind her, Jerry, her face white, her eyes wide and frightened, biting her lip. Ada hovered about the sink, sighing and muttering, moving things for no reason, while Thornton stood against the larder door as if hoping to disappear through it. It might be all right. Tommy said in a flat voice, but she already knew what the envelope her mother held out to her would contain. As she turned it over, she saw the cross stamped on it that meant the worst news of all. Not a prisoner, not injured. She stared at it for a long time, her heart racing, hundreds of images of Alec tearing through her mind. The last time she had seen him, calling goodbye at the station as Alec leaned out of the train window, tiny Antonia waving a white handkerchief in farewell. Tommy had held Harry up high so he could get one last look at the baby. Alec, in his scratchy great coat and cap, kit bag still over his shoulder, had waved back, his dark eyes unreadable, a cigarette dangling from his lips, before he ducked back into the carriage and disappeared. Suddenly. She looked up, and handed the envelope back to her mother. Aren't you going to open it? 
Jerry asked in a small, scared voice. You open it. I know what it says. She turned to the scullery doorway, a square of sunshine beyond the gloom of the kitchen. I'm going to find the children. I must tell them first of all. Oh, Tommy, Jerry's voice broke on a sob. How terrible this is. We're sorry, Thomasina, her mother said in a quavering voice. You must be suffering very much. Yes, Tommy said in the same blank tone. At any other time, her mother's sympathy might have touched her, but not now. Thank you, but I must go. She went out into the warm afternoon. Alec is dead. Her life would never be the same. Chapter One Present Day